Where you are in your life right now, are you thinking about retirement investing? Where does it fall on your priority list? Do you agree with almost half of Generation X who say, I prefer not to think about or concern myself with retirement investing until I get closer to my retirement date? Is that a dangerous attitude to have? It's Seven Figures. I'm Sandy Waters. Thank you so much for joining the weekly podcast where we talk money, how to be smart with our money because we all want to retire comfortably someday. But if you agree with almost half of Generation X, those born between 1965 and 1978, saying they're not going to worry about retiring and, and building up the nest egg until it gets closer to that date, is that a financially dangerous attitude to have? Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies found that the median household retirement savings for Generation X is $69,000. Almost half are not actively building up their nest egg. So where do you fall into all of this? Does that sound about right? If you wait, let's say until age 45 to start saving for retirement, you're probably going to end up with a nest egg of retirement portfolio at the age of 65 of about $285,000. But if you start around the age of 30 and save about $550 per month, about 7% average return, you're looking at seven figures. We like the sound of that, right? So let's get you closer to that seven-figure mark. And let's talk 401k because if you really think about it, if there's a company match, that's free money. Let's cash in with our expert, Colleen Giaconetti, a senior retirement strategist in Vanguard Investment Strategy Group. Colleen leads a global team that's responsible for conducting research and providing thought leadership on retirement topics. She specializes in retirement planning, spending, and wealth management strategies. I'm really looking forward to this podcast. Thank you so much, Colleen, yeah, uh, for sharing your knowledge with us. Oh, happy to. I'm happy to be here. So let's dissect that for a minute here. Almost half of Generation X plans to push off saving for retirement. Is it because life expenses gets in the way or is it just the insecurity and intimidation of lack of knowledge? Yeah, I think sometimes people put savings off because it's for something that's so far away, right? It's hard to um, think of something tangible that's maybe 20 or 30 years away from now. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is a lot of people are struggling with debt, right? So a lot of people are coming out of school these days and they have a lot of debt. So they're struggling with paying off debt and student Mm -hmm. loans with savings. So, I mean, I would just say you don't have to be a financial expert to be successful in finances, right? If you can, spend less than you earn, right? A few tips for people. Um, If you get matching contributions from a 401k that an employer provides, try to at least save up to the match. Uh, Think about establishing an emergency fund, right? So if there's some way that in the future there could be unexpected expenses or you could actually lose your job, things like that, have an emergency fund. And then the last thing is kind of like balance out debt with savings. If you have debt with high interest rates, like credit card debt or things like that, you may want to pay those down first. Okay. But with student loans with lower interest rates, you know, you might want to consider just pay the minimum on them and actually save the rest. If you are fortunate enough to have a company that matches your 401k, that is, I mean, we can view it as free money. Absolutely. It's basically a 100% instant return on your money. Um, and, and when we'll talk about um, how much people should be saving and things like that, you know, every dollar that your employer saves on your behalf is one less dollar you have to save for yourself. So it definitely is something that if you have the opportunity, people should definitely take advantage. And if you do take advantage of it, um, it, it is almost invigorating to see at the year end. Your website is wonderful. Very, it's very easy to navigate to see how much total contributions came in from your employer 
And when you look at that number and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even have to do a darn thing for that. Exactly. It's well worth it. Okay, so what if somebody does say, I don't make enough money? I don't make enough, I don't have enough to, to even contribute. Right. So I guess the first thing I would say is for many people is you can't take a loan to finance retirement. So try to rethink about how you're thinking about your budget and think oh. about how much you're making and what you're spending on. Um, it's not really an either or decision, but the truth is the earlier people start saving, the less they need to save due to compounding. So even if it's something as simple as, you know, going out to dinner one less time per month or cutting a cup of coffee. So it doesn't have to be that you feel overwhelmed by the amount that you need to save. Small changes in your daily life can really add up through time. Okay, because that is a good point. A lot of people think, well, what's another dollar? What's a dollar going to do? What's $100 going to do a month? It does a lot. Absolutely, especially for younger investors who are just starting out, right? They have time on their side. So if they have a 20, 30, 40-year time horizon until they're even thinking about retirement, you know, every dollar they can put away, especially one that will be matched by their employer, um, will certainly go a long way in helping them down the road. Now, saying that, starting off early, great. Okay, but what if we're not young anymore? Is there a point where it's too late to start investing? Is it ever too late? So I would say it's never too late, right? It's always good to invest, but I, do, I would say the later you start, the more you need to save, right? So I think it's important to know that if, if when you're starting out, um, maybe you only need to save two or 300 a month. If you delay it five, 10, 20 years from now, you may need to save 1,000 or more a month to have the same balance at retirement. All right, so let's talk about these Generation Xers who are saying, let's push it off until more closer to the retirement date. Say you're, um, I don't know, 40, middle of the road here. We're 40, 45-ish. How much, on average, do you feel is a good, safe number to save or to to skim off our budget and, and put aside? Right, so I mean, a lot of this really depends on what they, what they how they want to live in retirement. So okay. generally speaking, we say people should save 12 to 15%. But if you're waking up at 40 and you have nothing saved yet, you might need to bump that up to, say, 20 or 25%, right? So it really, it really depends on how do you envision your retirement as well. So do you see yourself just staying home and reading books and planting a garden and maybe spending less than you do? Yes. Right. Or if <laughs> you're traveling nothing. around the world, um, okay. the amount that you need to have saved. So it's kind oh. of a hard question in the fact that you have yeah. to think about how do you see yourself in retirement? Some people in retirement say, I, I could easily live on half my salary because I, I prefer to do things around my home that I never had a chance to do. And okay. some people say, it's time for me to go see the world. Yeah. Very different amounts those two individuals would need to save. Right. So if you're starting out in the middle of the road, I would say, you know, at 40 years old, think about, okay, you may have a realistic picture at 65. This is what I envision myself doing, which you might say, okay, then maybe I need $500,000 in retirement because I'm going to have a pension or Social Security or things like that. Then kind of budget backwards of, okay, if I have 20 years to get there, you know, how much do I need to save each year from now until then? And, you know, pensions at one point, it probably was more for our parents and our grandparents where, it was something they just counted on, pensions. And now we are not, we're not as lucky. I mean, there's only a few of us and even the next generation, not as lucky. We have to do this on our own. Um, so let's say we, we're not counting on a pension. Is there some, some calculation that we can, we can figure out in our mind with how much money we really do need is seven figures that ultimate number that, that's going to be um, a, safe, a good, safe retirement number? Or how do we calculate that? Right. So, I mean, I guess you could take, so I'll just make for ease, I'll use a million dollars just because it's an easy calculation. But say, if someone had a million dollars saved for retirement, that means they could, say, they could spend roughly forty to $50,000 per year in retirement. Okay. So if you cut that down to you know, 500000 
you know, you could do the same thing, right? Okay. So half of that. So um, roughly speaking, I would say people could, could budget spending 4 to 5% of what they have at retirement. Um, so if they do that, that kind of gives them a good gauge of, okay, that's how much relative to what I'm making now or how much relative to how much I think I want to spend then. Does that make sense? So whatever you save at retirement, spend 4 to 5% annually? That's the thing. If you say spend 4 to 5%, um, and we would say uh, we have a dynamic spending method, we call it. And okay. we're just saying if the market goes up, you can spend a little bit more. Okay. If the market goes down, you would cut back your, your spending a little bit. Okay. And following that dynamic spending strategy, we would say 4 to 5% per year. Okay. Um, for each year throughout retirement. Obviously, it's an annual thing. So if for some reason someone starts out and the market is doing extremely poorly for the first 10 years of the retirement, it would be something they should be revisiting each year. And also, if the market's doing great, you know, people could actually be spending a little bit more. So it is an annual thing, but that's just a good target for people to try to um, save towards to give them an idea of how much they could reasonably expect to spend. We're on with uh, our expert, Colleen Giaconetti, who is a senior retirement strategist in Vanguard Investment Strategy Group. So now let's talk about the 401k. We're investing in it. You convinced us this is something that we should uh, take advantage of. Give me the specifics, the details about the 401k. When can you take out from it? When can you touch that money? Because if you do it prematurely, now you're going to get penalized, right? Right. So generally speaking, if you withdraw money from a tax-deferred account such as a 401k, okay. you have to pay income taxes on the amount you withdraw. And then if you're under 59 and a half, you'll have to pay an additional 10% federal tax pennies penalty. So if people are under 59 and a half and they want to take money out of their 401k, um, they will pay a 10% penalty with two exceptions, really. Okay. Um, if your employer allows loans, so if for some reason during the course of your employment you need to take out a loan, you could... If your employer plan allows it, take out a loan and then pay yourself back. Or a hardship withdrawal, you could also take out um, money from the plan. But those two things um, are dependent on the rules that the employer puts in place. Okay. There are people um, who I know who desperate times call for desperate measures and they have withdrawn from their 401k and desperately, frantically trying to put that money back in. Do you have a window or is that case by case with employer by employer? Um, it can be based on the rules in the plan okay. of when you pay it back. But generally, they actually put you on a schedule similar to the way you are contributing that your contributions will go towards paying off the loan. Okay. Um, now, one thing for younger investors, um, especially if they don't even have enough funds to think about establishing an emergency fund for themselves, yeah. all the contributions that they would put in a Roth IRA can always be taken out at any time um, free of tax or penalty. So. They could think of that as a way to save for retirement, and just in case something happens and there's an emergency, they could always take their contributions out tax and penalty-free. Okay, let's talk about that. I'm glad you brought up IRAs and Roth IRAs. So first, to clarify, 401k money, that's pre-taxed money? Correct. Okay, you get taxed on it when you're going to withdraw it when you're of retirement age? Correct. Now let's move on over to Roth IRAs. Should you first have both? Is it... Is that smart to do both the IRA and the 401k, or is it either or? Um, so really, you can contribute to both. Okay. Um, for tax diversification purposes, so so if you were to put money in today, if you're in the same tax bracket today mm-hmm. as you will be in retirement, um, there's not as big of a difference with when you do one or the other, right? Obviously, you would do a 401k because it's through your employer. You may have lower expenses and you may have a match. Okay. Um, but there is tax diversification purposes for having money in a Roth IRA as well. One thing would be you could take those emergency funds out. Another thing is you really don't know what tax rate you'll be in in the future. 
So if you have some money that will be tax-deferred and some money that will be tax-free upon withdrawal, it gives you more flexibility in the future when you're going to take those monies out. What's the difference between Roth IRA and just IRA? So um, a regular IRA, which we also call like a traditional IRA, Uh that's similar to a 401k. So contributions are made before tax. And then um, earnings and contributions are taxed when you take the money out at your ordinary income tax rate. So you can can think of them as one bucket. Okay. Can you touch that money before you're of retirement age? No, it's the same rule. Oh, okay. So IRA, very similar to 401k. Yes. Roth IRA, different beast. You're being taxed when the money goes in. So a Roth IRA, you actually, um, yes, you tax the money before it goes in. Okay. So you pay tax on the money today. You and put then it in your IRA, and then when you take the money out, there are no taxes on the withdrawals. And you can take it out whenever? Um, you can take it out. It, it would be, you can take out your contributions at any time, but it, there will be um, taxes and penalties if you take out your um, earnings on those contributions prior to 59 and a half. Okay. See, this is why a lot of people, I don't feel like they're involved in much as they should, because it is kind of confusing, intimidating. It can be very intimidating, yes. With a few simple rules of like, you know, always try to go for your 401k. If you have extra savings, look into doing a Roth IRA because it can also be an emergency fund. Right? There's, there are some rules of thumb that can help people, okay. um, especially accumulators. Just kind of get started yeah. and, and get the savings going. And then it may be a good opportunity when people are actually ready to think about retiring, maybe even five years ahead of time, to work with a planner, go to some sort of financial planner, to sit down with them and say, okay, how much can I reasonably expect to spend? Um, which account should I spend from? There is a, you know, a spending order, which helps people to minimize the amount of taxes they pay each year in retirement. So some more extensive planning may be required within a few years of retirement. Okay. Now, with when it is time to retire, that even gets even more confusing because now there's limitations as to how much money you can withdraw from your Social Security. And, and is there limitations to how much you can draw from 401k or no? No, there's not. Okay. Um, but... You said, yeah, you might want to go to a professional with some financial planners, though, not all, but with some, it's very frustrating that they're working for themselves and they're not working for the true benefit of the client because, you know, it's no secret that some financial planners get kickbacks. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, I think that it is important to kind of do a little bit of due diligence or background on any financial provider that you work with. Yeah. Right. So I definitely think that is good. And and really ask questions as far as, you know, do they have what you're looking for? Do they have the range of products you're looking for? Do they have maybe a financial planning, like a one-time advice where you can just pay a flat fee and get advice? Or if some people may be interested in actually having ongoing advice and asset management. And at that point, you want to know, you know, how are they charging you? Is it a flat fee based on your assets under management? Or is it based on every transaction that they are doing um, okay. on your behalf? Um, so a big part of it is um, how are they paid? And, and people should be very comfortable up front saying, you know, how are you getting paid on my account? It should be a, a conversation that people should be more than comfortable with asking their advisor. Because um, it's your right money. To know. Right. Exactly. It's your money. Don't feel insecure about asking that question. You deserve to know. Absolutely. And they should be transparent about it. Yes. Right. So that way you know that you're in a good trusting situation if you feel comfortable with the answers that they're giving you. All right. Let's go back a little bit to 401ks because I want to make sure that everybody knows the importance of having a 401k and how that is, if your company does contribute uh, match rather, how that is free money that you're just letting go by. I mean, it is sitting there on the table for you to grab. Um, but there are people who still feel And you touched on it when we first started. They feel like they're so buried in life expenses and debt that they just can't 
do it. What do you tell those people? How do you advise your clients when it comes to that? Right. So generally speaking, we would say take advantage of the match almost no matter what. Okay. Um, The 100% free money goes a long way to saving towards retirement. So if there's any way you could cut back on other things in your life to at least get up to the match, right? So I understand after that, right, after the match, then go considering paying down debt. So obviously if you have high credit card debt um, or other debts that have a very high interest rate, interest rate that you think would be higher than what you could make by saving those additional funds, you should definitely start paying those things down, right? But if, if possible, because what ends up happening is that you have to almost save twice as much if you delay starting and you give up the match. With every month, with every year, yes, you're going to have to play catch up. How do you know, how active are you supposed to be in your 401k? Do we have to check it every year and make sure that we're making at least the 10% or or follow the market, I guess I should say? Right. So, I mean, people really, it depends on their investment knowledge, their interests and their preferences, right? So many 401k plans will have a single fund option that is based on their time until they retire. It's, It's called like a target date fund. Okay. And that will be a broadly diversified fund, and it will their asset allocation will actually change each year and glide towards or, or become more conservative as they approach retirement. Okay. So if someone is comfortable having a single fund where your asset allocation, so the amount you have in stocks and bonds, is determined by the time until they retire, then that's not something they would need to be as worried about checking every year, right? The, the fund will automatically rebalance for them. Um, now, there are other people who might say, well, I would like to actually pick exactly which stock funds and which bond funds I'm invested in. Mm-hmm. And those people would have to be a little more active from the perspective of if they decide that they're a 70% stock, 30% bond investor, you know, every year they should at least review their portfolio. So check in on the 401k and see, is the portfolio within maybe, say, 5%? So is it between like 75 stocks to 25 bonds or um, 65 stocks, um, right? So if, if the 70% target goes above 5% more or is 5% less than that 75%, they might want to consider rebalancing, right? Okay. So kind of keeping within a normal range around their target asset allocation. So if you don't have a fund who is self-rebalancing, you know, maintaining your target asset allocation through time is something that the um, investor would need to keep an eye on. Those little questions, that's what you guys do, right? You advise Absolutely. your clients. Okay. Yes, yeah, so and they'll explain, um, there's a whole department that will explain for people who are in a plan um, what the options are in their plan. Even though right now, if you do have a 401k plan, it's looking really nice because the market's been so strong. But inevitably, there'll be a correction. It'll go down. The The possibility of a black swan event is always there. Do not panic. Absolutely. Do not panic. And the, and the good thing about it is kind of ties back to what we just did. Make sure you are rebalancing so that if, you're, if your portfolio is 10 or 20% overweighted equities based on the last several of years, if you rebalance your portfolio, you will reduce the chance of having as big of a loss, right? A loss that you're not as comfortable with. And it will be, this is money you're not going to touch for a long time. So, you know, it, it yeah. just happens. The market will go down. Right. It should be expected, right? That right. there will be times when it goes down. And those are the times where you kind of just decide you're maybe not going to look at your statements as frequently yes. or you're going to... <laughs> right. um, you know, trust that you have a plan and what you're invested in is for a good reason. And that eventually, um, you know, with contributions and the market turning around, things will work out. That's the tough part is not to get emotional when it comes to this. Um, Okay, so now let's do the ROI. You dedicated your time to this podcast and we appreciate it. So we're going to give you your return on investment. Colleen, one big umbrella theme that we can take away from today. I guess I would just say when it comes to preparing for retirement, the most important thing you do is get started. And once you're started, just take it from there one dollar at a time. 
You are a wealth of knowledge. Colleen, uh, who is a senior retirement strategist in Vanguard Investment Strategy Group. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was great to be here. Next week, the shocking statistics behind life insurance coverage. Do you have the right coverage, if at all? We cash in with the experts, Andy and Rebecca from Allstate, next week on 7 Figures. On Twitter, at 7 Figures Pod.